Lord, we do, we do worship Your holy name in this place. And we bless You, Lord God, with all our souls, our minds, our hearts. We exert our wills to bless You. And we do that, Lord, not because we've had the most perfect of weeks or because all of life is joy right now, but we do that because of who You are. And because in the midst of any of our circumstances, You remain the same. You are faithful. You are good. Your love is unfailing. Your promises never fail. And so we bless You, Lord, and we ask that even as we bless You, that You would bless us by nourishing in our hearts the depth of Your love and the truth of Your promises this morning as we meet. And so, Lord, where there is despair, would You bring hope? Where there is temptation, would You bring freedom? Where there is worry, would You bring comfort? Lord, minister minister among us this morning as Good Shepherd, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, because the Lord's love is unfailing, He greets us with these words. I love you with an unfailing love. Amen. I invite you to take many moments to greet each other with the love of God. Jesus, we do love You. And we love You because You first loved us. Because You still love us. Lord, we ask that as we continue to worship, that You would take that love that we know about and that You would um, bring it to those places in our hearts and lives that that need um, a fresh touch, that need an experience of Your love. Lord, we pray especially that each of our children as they now continue to worship You, that they too would know You as the lover of their souls and they would be grown into singing these words too. Jesus, I love You. I love You. Children, we bless You to go and to continue worshiping. And family, I invite you to have a seat. invite you to stay um, where we are with these words. Um, sense that the Lord's doing something right, right here and right now. Um, so here's what we're sensing. Lindsay opened the worship service with these words from Lamentations. This I call to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for His compassion's Never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Well, where do these words come from? They come in the middle of a book that is just full of bitter lament. Full of pain. And the words right before these words are these. I remember my affliction and my wandering. The bitterness 
and the gall. I well remember them. And my soul is, is downcast. It's weighed down within me. And the sense um, that I have is that the Lord really wants to bring um, light and hope to souls that are weighed down or downcast. And um, this is the word that the Lord's calling to mind. Despair. So it feels like there's several people here who feel um, not just really lonely, but like there's a dark cloud kind of pushing down. And um, they find that they're, you're, you find that you're, you're struggling to have hope just for the next day. So um, way down... Um, sadness, not a true and deep joy, uh, a hopelessness pressing in on you. And um, it feels like there's even one person that's having thoughts about ending their life. And so I don't know if um, that's you this morning, if you come in here and you are resonating with any of that, but it feels like the Lord is um, bringing that up and out into the light because He wants to minister. And so I'm going to ask that if that's you, that in the context of the Lord's love, that you would feel safe enough just to put up a hand so that we as um, family can minister, so we can pray, and so that the Lord can bring that hope. So if that's you, if you're feeling, okay, one over here, if you're feeling weighed down like you want to give up, um, like you, you need hope, you're struggling with sadness, anxiety, would you just put up a hand? One, see you in the back, Scott. Three, four. Okay. Um, There's still time to raise a hand if you're feeling that way. Uh, No pressure, okay? This is what I'm going to do, family. I'm just going to... The the Holy Spirit's leading us here because He wants to minister hope. So we're going to follow Him and this is is how we're going to follow Him. I'm going to just ask that... um, Vic, would you... If you're comfortable with this, Dave, would you put a hand on, on Dave... You're going to minister to him. We're all going to pray together, but I'm just going to give us some instructions for how to pray. So, um, Dane, would you... Where are you, Dane? With children? Okay. Um, Dwayne, would you go and sit with Scott in the back? Just put a a hand on him. And um, Pastor Gina, would you come over here with with Betty? And uh, Mark, would you come over here with Dave? And so, is that you too? Yeah? Can we pray for you too? Okay. Kate, would you come over and pull up a chair beside Margaret here? Thank you. So, this is how we're going to pray. Whenever, um, Whenever we're experiencing something, that is not of the Lord, like a darkness, we pray for the opposite. The Lord wants to bring light, right? And so when uh, maybe Satan is tormenting someone with lies about um, their situation, about their worth as a person, we pray for truth. Jesus, let the truth be known and received and the truth sets free, right? So we pray the opposite of what people are experiencing. So I'm going to invite us to go into corporate prayer. We're going to pray for each other. 
And we're going to pray for the work of the Holy Spirit to bring light, to bring and to minister hope, the love of God, the peace of God, promises of God. And I think that as we're doing that, God's going to bring some scriptures to mind that He wants um, all of us to hear. And so, as you're praying, if the Holy Spirit brings a scripture to mind, what I'm going to do is just invite you to come forward and uh, share it with me, and we'll discern together whether that's something to be read for the whole group. Okay? Um, if you have a, a prayer that the Lord is giving you, um, I invite you also to use your voice and pray that prayer um, for all of us. Does anyone have questions before we go into prayer? Is that clear? Okay. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are so present and um, that you, you love so much as to name these hurting places and to enter into them. And so we invite you, come by your Holy Spirit, come and enter in to the depths of each heart and each situation, each place of loneliness, of uh, struggle. Lord, bring encouragement right now, we pray. Jesus Christ has set us free. And so we speak in authority over the lives of everyone being prayed for and declare that if there's anything that is from the kingdom of darkness that is still attempting to um, keep in slavery or in bondage or in captivity, um, your power and your authority is broken in Jesus' name. And kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And with that, um, just sense an image of seeds of life being planted, especially in those that are being prayed for right now. Um, The enemy has come to steal and to snatch the joy of your salvation for those that are in Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, I pray that now you would plant a seed of abundant life that comes only through knowing you, Jesus. So we say no to the things that you are snatching away, the joy of salvation, the joy of life. And we speak abundant life, life in full in Jesus Christ over each person here, but specifically those struggling with despair. And we carry on that prayer in faith. Lord, we think about the way in which you told your servant Ezekiel to speak to dry bones and live, tell them to live. And so we speak to the seeds that you're planting by the Holy Spirit and we say um, seeds of life be planted, seeds of life um, be watered, seeds of life grow up in hearts to bear great fruit for the kingdom of God. Seeds of life grow up to bear the fullness of the love of God in each heart and life, grow up to bear joy, abundant, grow up to bear peace in every circumstance. Seeds of life grow. Like a broken tooth or a lame foot is reliance on the unfaithful in a time of trouble. My thoughts about that verse were that sometimes we depend on someone other than God And that's not a faithful way to live. Rely on God instead of other people that have no faith. The Lord, 
we're turning directly to you. We all turn to you in our hearts now when we pray for the grace and the strength to turn directly to you with our pain, with our laments, with our questions. You are the only source of hope and of comfort, of life. And so the um, the sense that I have is that the Lord would invite each one of us, um, we can do this silently, but to just lay before him the burdens, lay the concerns, lay those things that seem so heavy, that we would just name those to the Lord and um, and allow him to carry those and, and to lay down those burdens and to name them to the Lord. So I just invite each of you in your own hearts that if there's things that you've been carrying that are weighing you down, that you would just lay those before the Lord and um, receive, as you exchange that, those burdens receive his peace and his comfort. I believe the Lord wants to um, close this time of prayer with some encouragement from Psalm 34. It's a psalm that he's been using um, to encourage Carolyn this week as she's gone through difficulty. And um, he's highlighted some verses that she's going to read and speak to us. Uh, yeah, um, he's been using this verses with me, and uh, God, we serve a great God no matter what we're going through, and I just want to encourage you that. Um, it says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I love this. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. One of the things the enemy loves to do, especially with me, is bring fear. And God delivers me from every one of them. So if you're experiencing any fear, know that God is going to deliver you from every one. And those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. So keep looking. Keep looking to God. Keep looking up to him. The poor man called in. The Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. I love this part. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. That is a promise that is true. No matter what you're going through, God will deliver you. And taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And then this other part at the end, there's more to it, but this is my favorite too. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears him. He delivers them from all their troubles. And what speaks out to me is all. Not just one, but all. And uh, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So even though if you're feeling just crushed and defeated, he is close to you right now. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. That's not in this, but it's another one. Um, the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Did I read that? He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. So those are just, um, those are just beautiful verses that the Lord has spoken to me this past week, and I'm clinging to them because there's still things going on in my life, but we are victorious through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Carolyn for bringing that encouragement. So friends who raised your hands and friends who didn't, Jesus loves you. He's here bringing hope right now. And you're receiving encouragement 
You're receiving light. You're receiving truth. And that doesn't end right here and right now. And so just because you received some prayer right now doesn't mean you might not want to receive some more prayer later on. We don't have to call this finished. So I'm just going to encourage all of us um, as to pay attention to what the Lord is doing in us, what things he caused to um, percolate to the surface that needed prayer, those areas of the heart or the life that needed those seeds of hope, of encouragement, of truth. And Lord, I pray now that you would um, carry on that good work. You promise that you bring to completion everything that you begin in us. And so we believe you, Lord, you are at work in all of our lives. And we pray by your Holy Spirit, carry on that good work. Lord, I pray that the seeds that were just sown right now would be protected by you. That what not one of them would be able to be snatched away. But that each one of them would grow up to bear the fruit that you intended in our lives. Lord, thank you for the way in which you use the body to minister together. We love you, and we love that you've set us in a body. We bless you, Lord. Amen. Friends, um, I think that we're going we're gonna to change um, course a little bit. And um going to just talk about what the Lord just did for a few minutes. We're going to debrief. Any time that we say that we're getting guidance from the Holy Spirit, that's a big claim. That's saying God's speaking, and we don't take that lightly. And we've taught uh, over the past year, as we talked about the various ways in which God speaks, and we can learn to hear his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. We've taught about discernment. And how do we know that God is speaking? And we need to test that. That's what makes listening to and obeying God safe. And so we said to ourselves that our four um, questions or principles for discernment were, does um, something bring glory to Jesus Christ in the present or the future? Second, is that something, is it consistent with the character and the intentions of God as revealed in Scripture? Third, do other mature Christians agree? Do they bear witness? Does it seem to them like what you sense God is saying or doing is really um, of God? And then fourth, is there objective um, proof? Is there fruit? And is that fruit good? So I want to talk to you um, very briefly about um, how this prayer time that we just experienced um, came to be. It started earlier this morning for several of us as we were praying for the worship service. Lindsay received, Lindsay, as she prays every week, received, uh, she prays, Lord, what scripture would you have me read to open? And uh, she texted Pastor Gina and I that scripture from Lamentations, a word of hope in the context of deep despair. And when I first read that scripture, uh, she, she texted it over and she said, do you resonate with the scripture? And when I first read it, I thought, huh. That doesn't seem to have to do with anything else that we're going to sing about or preach about or talk about. But I really trust that you've been praying, and so I'm going to I'm going to reflect on this and pray. And so as I started to pray for us, um, really out of nowhere, I began to get this distinct sense that somebody was struggling with um, thoughts about ending their life. 
And um, as I began to pray about that, began to get a, a broader sense that um, that despair was at work to try to um, bring darkness or like a dark cloud to clamp to weigh down. It was like a picture of, of a dark bowl trying to cover over light. And um, as I began to ask the Lord about that picture that I wasn't expecting to experience in prayer, thinking about worship this morning, I began to get the sense that the Lord wanted to minister hope. And so, Lord, what does that look like? And, and am I hearing you um, correctly? So I come in this morning. Can I share this? Okay. And um, immediately when I see Pastor Gina, she doesn't look so good to me. And I say, are, are you okay? And she says, yeah, I'm trying to discern what's going on. I, I woke up this morning and um, I didn't even want to come to church. And I'm, I'm struggling with all of these thoughts that are just um, despair and uh, just weighing down. And I said, and she said, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to discern, am I just really tired and I need a break? Or is God showing me something about what other people are experiencing so that I can pray? And I said to her, well, were you experiencing any of that last night? She said, no. I said, well, if it just came on this morning, listen to what I was experiencing as I was praying this morning and see if they fit together. So I shared with her this sense uh, of experiencing people experiencing despair and uh, darkness pushing down, some hopelessness. And she said, that, well, that's what I'm feeling. Okay. So there's some, there's some coming together, some confirmation. And then what about this scripture passage? Oh, hope. Hope from the Lord in the context of deep, um, painful experience. Deep bitterness. Uh, actually, um, the writer of Lamentations hasn't yet seen the deliverance of God, hasn't yet seen the, um, the breaking in of light. He just says, yet this I will call to mind. I'll call to mind and therefore I'll have hope that this is the character of God. And so as we put those pieces together, it felt like God wanted to speak to us this morning about who he was and um, call to our minds who he was and what he would do in our lives, uh, but that we needed to also acknowledge those things that we were going through that were bitter, that were like gall, that were um, painful. Um, and that's not to say that everybody's in the same spot this morning, but some of us are, and the Lord always wants to minister hope. So then comes this, um, so it seems like that guidance is fitting together, and then comes this question, well, where does that fit, and how does that come out, and um, what do we say about that? And it was as simple as, Lord, if this is you and what you're doing, if this is how you're working among us this morning, Jesus, then yes, we'll speak it when the time seems appropriate. You have, you have our yes. Fear isn't going to cause that to shrivel up. We're not going to overanalyze it. We're just going to step out. And so that's why you heard me at the beginning of family prayer say, this is the sense, and then I tested it. Does anybody resonate? If nobody put a hand up, nobody resonated, then we would just say, not sure, you know, to ourselves, we would say, not sure what the Lord was doing and whether we were, maybe we weren't sensing properly. Maybe we weren't hearing 
something that was for us and for here and for today. And then we would just move on with worship. We would move into family prayer. But we tested it, and five hands went up. So there's a sense of resonance. So let's run through those questions. Did Jesus bring glory to himself this morning through that? Yeah. Is it consistent with the character and intentions of God to want to minister hope? Yeah. Do you bear witness that Jesus is at work among us this morning and was through that that prayer time? Yeah. And then are we seeing fruit already? Yeah. So what I think this is, is the Lord Jesus giving us a beautiful example of what we um, talked about last week in the sermon. The way in which he trains us and is training us. And I'm just going to transition now into my sermon, but what I'm going to do is just preach the first bit. Okay, we're going to we're going to pre- I'll press pause and I'm going to so I'm going to start preaching. Maybe I'll just read the first verses of the text. It's a. Um, why don't you turn with me to Luke chapter nine. on page 1611 in the Blue Bibles, Luke chapter 9. And I'll I'll read um, what what we heard last week from verses 1 to 6, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 10. When Jesus had called the twelve together, He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Verse 10. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then He took them with Him And they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish uh, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so and everyone sat down, taking the five loaves and the two fish Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. 
Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. I'm going to read verses 10 and 11 one more time. That's what we're going to talk about right now. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. The Word of God. They went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Can you imagine what those... I don't know how long Jesus sent them out. We said last week this was a short-term mission trip. Maybe it was a week. More likely two or three or a month. They went from village to village. And you can imagine that when they get to a village and they lay their hands on somebody who's lame and they heal that person, that all of a sudden the village is going... What is going on here? Who are you? And that they have something of an attentive audience. When you demonstrate power of the kingdom of God, all of a sudden eyes open. And people want to know, who are you? What's your message? What are you about? So they go from village to village. And I imagine that they're on the road for a few weeks at a time. Now, can you imagine what it's like for these guys as they see time and time again, Jesus is working through me. When I pray, you know, He said, I give you power and authority. And we talked last week about what that was like. Not theirs. had nothing to do with them. It was God's power given to them and God's authority so that they could say to evil or unclean spirits, leave, stop tormenting, depart. And they would. And that they could put their hands on people whose legs were not working or who had deep illnesses. And they could say, in Jesus' name, get up. In Jesus' name, be healed. Now, can you imagine that as they began to do this, that their excitement begins to build? Jesus is doing this. Jesus is working through us. He's not even here. He's not here. He's not with us. But He's working. Jesus Jesus is healing people. They're, they're, they're getting up and their sicknesses are leaving and, and people are hungry to learn about the kingdom from us the same way that they are from Jesus. And I, I can just imagine the both enthusiasm level and the questions that this is starting to generate in Jesus' disciples. And so when they come back together, Jesus has got a group of 12 plus whoever uh, else was with them, taking care of them. Remember earlier we heard about the entourage of women that was also um, learning from Jesus and that was taking care of the group, right? So it's bigger than just the 12. That this isn't just uh, a quiet and sedate class of 12 sitting down and going, okay, now what next, Jesus? But I imagine that they um, bumbled their way back into his presence saying, Lord, just like we're going to hear the 72 do in a few chapters, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. 
And this one little verse, 10, has a whole lot bound up in it. When they returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then He took them with Him and they withdrew by themselves. And I want to ask us, what ought we to hear in the fact that they're reporting to Jesus what they had done? You do not report on what you've done or not done to somebody that you don't trust. If you have a boss or a parent or a family member or somebody in authority over you who is harsh, who's critical, who's judgmental, who's going to come down hard on you when you fail, you keep your cards close to your chest. You don't tell that person any more than you have to. You don't report to them unless they ask you and then you only report all that you absolutely minimally need to. When they got back to Jesus, they reported to Him all that they had done. And I think what we ought to hear from this is that Jesus, as a teacher, as a rabbi who's calling His disciples to become like Him, has created grace space. That Jesus is very gracious. That Jesus has created an atmosphere for His disciples in which they can freely, openly talk to Him about their successes and their failures. And given that we see them failing after this, we're about to, in a couple texts, see them unable to drive out a spirit from a little boy who's throwing the boy into the fire. Remember that story? Imagine that, Jesus, that, that the disciples experienced failures even as they went out. And, and so it says they reported to Jesus all that they had done. Well, Jesus is working with us here. He's called every one of us into His service. He's gifted every one of us and He's pouring out gifts. He's not only giving them, but He's stirring them up as He calls us to work with Him and for Him. And so you can and you should expect that you will receive the exact same treatment from Jesus in this place. That as you are, uh, Carolyn, for example, is called into prayer. God's, God's given her a, a, a burden to intercede for His work. And so there are all these questions about, well, how do I do that most effectively? How do I listen to the Lord? How do I hear when He's putting a Scripture on my heart? How do I sense when an image is coming from Him? And, well, how do I know what to say about that and when to speak it? And how do I know? Just how do I know? The Lord's leading me. He's giving me a call and some gifts, but I need a lot of coaching and encouragement and guidance. And so you should all expect, like Carolyn should expect, that as your gifts are called out and as they're stirred up, and as we're asking the Holy Spirit to fan them into flames and to use you to serve Jesus, you should expect that the environment in which you're 
trained to work with the Lord is very gracious. That you can freely report questions that you have. That you can freely say, I don't know. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me when. I don't know how to pray about. I don't know. I need. The world would tell us that we ought to look always like we know and like we have it together and that we ought not to show weakness. But Jesus, as He trains us, fosters a context in which it's very safe and very gracious to express I need help. I don't know. I need to learn. What about? And so I both call you to expect that and I call you to model it. We call you to model that grace in this place and to pray for it. Lord, make this a place where your grace is so pervasive that each one of us feels hungrily compelled to grow in the gifts that you've given us and to learn to serve you. They returned to him. They reported everything that they'd done. And Jesus didn't say, great, go get them. Go out again. He didn't say, good, this is what you do about this and that and this and that and this and that. That was really well done. Now, go out to the next set of towns and villages. He said, come apart with me. He said, let's leave ministry Let's stop using our gifts for the moment. Let's put these things down and you come with me. And we're going to go to a lonely place. We're going to go to a desert place. We're going to go to a place where there's very few people around. And we're going to spend some time together. And we're going to see, we're going to see next week that that time gets interrupted. And that there's purpose for that interruption. But first, what we need to hear this week is that the premium Jesus places on calling us apart. Rest, but rest with a purpose. And so when we begin to serve the Lord in whatever calling He's given us, whether that's through our jobs, through the church, in our families, the temptation in one of the most common ways that Satan seeks to work against us is to leverage pride and to call us to be overly busy. Too busy. So that we don't stop. We don't stop and draw nourishment from Jesus. And it can happen so quickly when you start to serve the Lord, when you start to work with Him, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to be, to be doing something in His service. It's a great feeling to be bringing encouragement to other people. It's a great feeling to be using your gifts and to see that God has purpose for you. It's a great feeling. And you can, you can enjoy that great feeling so much that you want to keep doing it. And then all of a sudden you find, I'm, I'm kind of dry, kind of weary. I'm starting to get snappy. I'm not really loving people as much as I used to. I'm starting to get short. I'm, I'm even struggling with 
depression or I'm struggling with. And all of a sudden, in a matter of days or a week, you, you've lost the enthusiasm. You've lost the joy. You've lost and you're left with dryness. Weariness. Pressure. Jesus says to His disciples in another spot, I am the vine. I am the source of life. You are the branches. If anyone remains in Me, he will bear much fruit. She will bear much fruit. But apart from Me, cut off from Me, you can't do anything. Remain in Me. And I'll remain in you. Stay attached to Me. And there's the... the what goes through the vines? What's it called? Sap. Thank you. The sap of My life, My Spirit, will fill you will strengthen you, will run through you. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen unintentionally. Nobody stays intimately attached to Jesus Christ unintentionally. Come apart with Me. We're going to rest. I'm going to nourish you. You're going to be with Me to receive from Me. I'm going to pour My life into you. That way, when the crowds come calling again, because the crowds always come calling, the work is always there, there's something to give. And so, I, I believe the Lord will just have us pause there this morning. We'll carry on next week. But the call today that we end on is to remain intimately attached to the Lord Jesus Christ, coming apart with Him regularly, uh, being fed by Him with the expectation then that He will flow through, work through us. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's end there. Lord, we are no different than Your first disciples. We need to be told Come apart. Come with Me. We need to be taken. And so, Lord, we hear You calling us again this morning. And we uh, agree with You that we need the nourishment and the strengthening that You bring to us when we come to feed on You, when we come to be with You. Jesus, You are life. You are the only source. You're the bread you're the wine. You are the source of life. And Lord, we repent of trying to serve You in our own strength. We repent of trying to live as though we didn't need all of the life and the strength that You give us. We repent of not Heeding your call to come apart. We turn back. And we thank you that we heard again this morning that you're so gracious. 
And so, Lord, we know that you receive us back with open arms, that you um, don't berate, but that you um, long, that you long for us to be with you. You long to nourish, strengthen, fill, guide, bless, use. And Lord, we say um, to you, even as your first disciples did, thank you that you are so gracious. Thank you that you've created this um, space within which we can trust you. And we pray that you would continue to stir and to fan up faith in every one of our hearts. That we might be um, used by you and work with you all the more, wherever you set us. Because... You are able to set tables in the wilderness. And so, Lord, we worship you now and we sing of what you're able to do, even as we give our offerings to you. In whose name do we overcome? Yeah, Jesus. In Jesus' name we overcome. And um, he cares about each one of us so much, and isn't it an encouragement, church, that he cares about us each individually so much that he would interrupt a church service to say, I know, I know how you're feeling. I want to minister to you today. And so be encouraged. We should all be encouraged that he loves us this much, right? And so um, this week, there are several things you need to know about before I give the blessing. One is that we have the food distribution on Thursday. So if you know people in the area that need food, I think they need to bring a proof of residency and a license or some, a picture ID. Yeah. So Thursday. And if you want to volunteer for that, see Andrew. Um, the following Thursday night, um, we've got a new training, uh, prayer evangelism. Don't let that scare you off, the idea of evangelism. It's sharing the good news. And we all, I don't know about you, but I know we can all, I can, keep learning and growing in how to have a meaningful conversation with somebody. And so um, this is about being hospitable and being out on the streets in a way that connect with people in a loving manner. And so we're going to, um, hopefully all of us will be able, or as many of us as our schedules will allow, we can rearrange some things to be here for four Thursday nights. So sign up with Andrew after the service. Next week, we're going to have communion, and so prepare your hearts this week. And even as we come to the table next week, I believe the Lord's going to meet. He's going to continue to encourage and heal us. And so be prepared for um, communion service as well as a wonderful potluck next week. And um, with that, let me bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord um, make his face shine on you and give you his peace.